0: All right, so this is our sexual integrity series community panel, 2021. We got three people unnamed, but you'll hear their voices. I'm just kidding. So if we would start just with the introductions, tell us who you are, tell us a little bit about your life, and uh, we'll save your sex life for later, okay? So just talking about your life a little bit, are, are you married, who, who are you married to, how many kids do you have, all, all that kind of good stuff. Um, if you have a son in the crowd or whatever, you know? So, who wants So who wants to start?
1: Chad, yeah, we'll go this way. All right. Age before we do. I mean, <laughs> panelist number one. They're not supposed
2: to know our names. That's fine. You're going to introduce yourselves. Is that Good evening, gentlemen. As you all know, my name is Chad A. New. My son is Judah. Youngest of four. Um, so, you know, we've served in several capacities here at Pathway. Many of you guys, I get to coach in basketball. So... Careful with what you say, or you know, you make record of that, Alec Jerome. he will run more next year. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. yeah, right. <laughs> um, so my wife is Allison. We've been married for um, over almost 20, I guess almost twenty-six years now. And uh, I'm honored to be here tonight. I'm John. John
1: Gott, uh, the Moon Campus pastor, and uh, I am 34, married for, I don't know how long now, what year, 12 years, 12 years, years I've been married, in 2009, 2008. 2008. 2008, so we'll be celebrating so we'll 13 oh, this year, 13 I guess yeah. Yeah. do you know um, your date, wedding date, kind of, I get really confused, <laughs> let's hope your wife isn't <laughs> watching, she, them. watching them. she she knows, she knows I have really big issues because I get confused. But that's besides the point. My wife is Natalie, um, and we have two kids, and they are eight and
3: four, and that's about it for me. (coughs) My name is Tom Pyle. Uh, I've been married almost 12 years. Fun fact, I got married the day the Pens won the Stanley Cup, 2009, June 12th, was our wedding day. And our anniversary was when they won in 2016. And the day after, our anniversary, they won in 2017, so we're the Penguins. Good luck, (laughs) Um, Been married almost 12 years. We 12 years this June. Uh, My wife, Janine, works uh, in children's ministry. Um, We have two kids as well. Six and four. That's it. Awesome. All right, any questions for the guest? All
0: right, we're going to start our questions off regarding lust. So the first question is, what exactly is lust? And what does
1: it mean to be lustful? I mean, easy, like we know what lust is, right? You look at somebody for longer than you should, and you have thoughts about them. That's not something you think about a friend, right? You think about something that's lust. I mean, let's not. It's, it's not a technical term, but. You know, it's it's lingering thoughts of sexual nature.
3: Yeah, it's often it's 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 uh, self focused. What I want to do to that person, that person is not not necessarily an object to me, but it's not. I want to get to know them. They look like a cool person. I want to get to know who they are. It's they would look good up naked. <laughs> you know, it's jumping to that almost instead of uh, and thinking of what I want to do versus hey, let's just do it together uh, as, as friends. I think an
2: object isn't, I don't think that's too extreme. Okay. Because I think that lustful thoughts become, I do think it's very selfish in nature. Um, you know, I mean, Jesus said, if we, he, he said, you know, in the Old Testament, um, we, you know, the Ten Commandments say do not commit adultery, but he said if you, if you look at a woman with lustful eyes you have already committed adultery. And you know, as men we, I think we understand what that is like and it doesn't stop regardless of how old you are. Um, but it, it, it certainly looks at a woman, I think lustful thoughts are looking at a woman and, and objectifying her, making her a sexual object. Whether you're, whether you're focusing on her breasts, or whether you're focusing on her how beautiful she is, or the clothes that she's wearing, and, and how her body looks in those clothes. Whatever that, whatever that thought is, and as John said, taking it beyond that. Um, you know, undressing her with your eyes. Thinking about having sex with her, thinking about making out with her, you know, and it could be, it could be somebody at the grocery store, or it could be a classmate, it could be um, somebody here that you see on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, you know, it's it's not it's it's it's, it's a girl anywhere, you know, it could be anywhere, um, so. Repeat the question again. What are lustful? What is lustful? What does it mean to be lustful? <clears throat> I think it, to be lustful means to mentally um, engage with a with with a girl in a way that is that that is I guess that is sexual. I mean, it's it's, it's in a sinful way. You know, maybe in a way that if, maybe here's a good benchmark, <clears throat> is would you be okay sharing your thoughts about that girl with somebody else, sharing them with your mom or your dad, or sharing them just here with us in public of what you thought about you wanted to do with that girl? Would you be okay sharing And If, if you're not comfortable, if you'd be embarrassed or ashamed of that, my guess is that would be a muscle.
1: Um, I don't want to add. Can I take a step back from all this, though? Because we jumped in. This is real serious already. Um, but I, I just want to say, like, you know, as we get to know each other, because you guys don't know me, okay? I grew up in a Christian school. I grew up in a very conservative family and all that stuff. Um, like, these conversations, I know it's it's going to be weird. I'm sorry. I'm going to jump in and dive in and try to make it weird for you. I'm sorry. This is how I am. But, like, you guys don't know how important it is. When I was growing up, um, me and my parents, we didn't have that kind of relationship where we talked about some of these things. So when I hit puberty, uh, you know, puberty's weird. All of this stuff. My dad and I don't know. If you guys should talk about how did your parents do oh, yeah. go through the puberty talk with you? Because my dad literally threw a newspaper article at me that talked about what happens to you during puberty. You know, and a weird. Like, can you imagine reading about getting a boner? Like that's. That's weird. I'm like, what? You know, I'm like an 11 year old boy, like what? And then, on that same newspaper article, there was stuff about what happens to girls. And I was just like, obviously curious, and then petrified at what I read, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and all of that to say, like, it's important to have open and honest discussions. We're not gonna get into all of that here, but with your parents, with these sorts of things, with Ben, Yo know, it is, it's a good thing to have the discussions, as embarrassing as it is, and uh, we'll try to make it fun, and, you know, hopefully and I'm sorry, in advance recording, please don't hire me, Pastor Jeff, because there could be stuff that I'll say.
2: And I guarantee that any question you have, or any thought you have is, is not new. Probably every guy in this room is having the same thought, or the same question, or has had the same thought to a certain question. No matter how I don't know, how weird you think the question is or how embarrassing it may be, I can almost guarantee that it has been thought or mentioned thousands and thousands and millions and millions of times. And probably all three of us and the other adults, the other adult men in the room have had
1: the exact same <clears throat> thought, question, idea. And there's a lot of like, even beyond that, like, uh, my favorite thing, I did youth ministry for a long time, and we had a guy who helped with our youth ministry who was, he was a cop, and he saw a lot of stuff. And he was a new newer Christian, so he didn't know, like, this is how you talk and not talk during church. So we would talk about, like, finding people, like dead people are finding people and these graphic stories and I would love, I'd love to hear him talk and share these things to see all of the kids like what is he going to say and I would be petrified I like oh my goodness, what's he going to say you know, but when you really hear all of these stories like what's out there, yes there's nothing new under the sun you know, it's I think there's a lot of especially in Christian circles, a lot of shame that comes with it um, and, like, you know, sex is good. Apparently, marriage, our, our sex lives are better than Cardi B's, according to Ben. So, <laughs> But, I mean, like, it, it is. God created it for good. So, I don't want it to be as weird as, it, or shameful, I guess, as it can be. Question in the audience. I do, yes.
4: So, kind of going back to the topic of lust, I wanted to kind of get your guys' perspective of, like, what would be a... I mean, I, there's no real form of healthy lust, but what's like a way that we can be attracted to somebody else without crossing that line into lust?
0: That's the exact question I wrote down. Oh, oh, God. God. Oh, it's almost Wait, like you sorry. recruited me. I
4: know. Because <laughs> 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 well, that's like the question I think, you know, obviously yeah, nobody wants to just outright sin. I think yeah. a lot of people, they don't want to just sin. Mm-hmm. But especially when I was younger and I was in high school or college, you know, the first thing of when I wanted to become friends wasn't like, man, they have such really cool eyes. It was, I, if I'm being 100% honest, I was more so like, wow, she's really attractive. And I attraction to is a big part. You're right. not gonna marry someone you don't think is attractive. Right, and so what's like Hopefully. that healthy like line or like boundaries that you guys have found that's kind of like, you know, maybe I am teetering a little too close. I mean, just
1: clearly, if you start thinking about her, Get aroused, you know what I'm saying? Probably cross the line. Just saying, there's a there's a natural response, but
3: above and beyond that, sorry. I mean, I think it's it's going to be obvious to you when it happens. Like you know, it, it, kind of like if you heard the sermon this morning. That um, was actually much longer. Never mind. You wouldn't have heard that one. Um, but uh, there's a part where you know you're going too far. It's not a surprise. Oh, I, this thought is this a bad thought to have? You know, it's a bad thought. Um, you know, controlling your thoughts is a different thing. It's not easy. I mean, I've been married 12 years. I still have those thoughts. I'm sure these guys do as well. Um, but but you know when it's like, hey, this is this is not going to be good in the end. It's going to lead to you know maybe I'm going to go online and look at pornography later, or I'm going to go to my room and masturbate because I have these thoughts. Um, so you know when it's when it's getting too far, when you you're telling yourself you need to stop, or you're saying, or as as Chad said, hey, I wouldn't have this conversation with my mom or a friend, a close friend of mine. So. I need to stop doing that. And distract yourself from whatever it is. Stop looking at the person, go talk to someone, feel someone close to you that you're open with, go, to me, I'll go uh, talk to them about the thoughts or the feelings you're having so they can help discuss that with you and, and work through those. But um, it's not a, um, it's, yeah, it's not gonna be a surprise to you when it happens. Oh, I went too far. You already know I'm, I'm, I'm heading that way. Uh, but, but a good way to stop is finding something else to do, going to talk to someone that you can trust, uh, and building that ahead of time. So good friend, sibling, parent, whoever it is, say, hey, this is something I'm struggling with, I want you to be that person I can talk to about it. So it's not just a surprise out of the blue, I'm having this thought of who I talked to, you? you already know who you're gonna go call or text or whatever it might be.
1: I do wanna add, because you mentioned what's the positive side of things, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, because it's okay, you, there should be some attraction, but where is that line? Like, you know, what, what is that natural attraction to a girl that you want? Like. Just personality vibing, like, that's that's a big deal. You should be able to joke around and be, like, at the end of it, like, there's, it's, this is going to sound ridiculous, okay? But, I'm just saying stuff. Um, that warm feeling you get, like, with somebody, like, there is that sort of, like, man, this this was good. But then there's there's the other side, which is, like, the lustful. That doesn't, there's not as hap- much happiness in that. You know, it's kind of like, you kind of feel, you know, in your heart, you know, what's right and wrong. God puts that in there with the Holy Spirit. And so those, there there is a lot of positives and to, to even notice things like, oh man, she just, she was able to like, keep up with me as far as telling jokes or even playing sports with her or whatever that is. Like those are positive things. And there are things to admire about people, admire their relationship with God and all of that. So, so there is some positives and you better be attracted to it. Um, it's, it is easy to focus on the negative, so I think that's a good question.
2: Our thought lives are probably the most challenging part of the sexual period battle, um, because I can think almost whatever I want, and nobody in this room is going to know what I'm thinking, for the most part. Sometimes you can kind of read a person's mind, especially people most part, you have no idea what I'm thinking. You have no idea um, what's going on in my head. So it is incredibly hard and difficult and challenging to fight the sexual battle mentally. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't claim victory in that, in that battle. Um, and so I I think there one very not profound at all concept is you know, garbage in, garbage out. What you pour into your mind, what I pour into my mind and my heart, that's what's going to come out. If I'm pouring pornography, if I'm pouring you know every TV show I watch or every I'm rolling through school or I'm rolling through the hallways of Pathway Church and every girl I'm just checking her out. I mean I'm and thinking what I would love to do to her or with her, um, then I think we are are just giving in time after time after time after time. We are giving in to that that fight and we're not even even putting up a fight. Um, But we're putting, at the risk of sounding cliche, Um, We're filling our minds and our hearts with scripture, with um, healthy relationships with girls, um, healthy relationships with our moms and our sisters. Um, Those there is fruit that comes from that. There is fruit that comes from that. Um, And so I think as we. As we fight that mental battle of how do we not lust, um, it, is a, it is a, it is a, it is a, it's almost like taking each thought captive in our minds. And what, is this, a, is this, should I indulge this thought? Or do I need to, as Tom said, is there is there some shift I need to make here? And what is that shift? It could be something silly. You know, what video game do I want to get into? Or what, who do, the, who do the pens play tonight? Or, what do I got tomorrow? What do I have tomorrow in school? It could be just something silly like that, something simple. But it's when we when we dwell on a thought and we allow that thought to fester <clears throat> within our minds for 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, five minutes, whatever, that, you know, that is, that is entangled with lust. So it's very much a... It's a moment-by-moment it's a, it's a moment battle that as men we're going to fight and, if, and it's, it'll be for our entire lives. It really will be. Does it get easier? No. don't? Yeah. You always think like, oh, once I'm married, it's it easier. No. Once again, because thought life, you can do whatever you want. You can be with any girl you want to be with. You can do whatever you want to her. It just, it's free reign. There's no... There's no limitations mentally on what I can do sexually. So it does
0: not get easier. So how do you fight it? That's the next question. Just thinking of lust, thinking that these gentlemen have maybe, I don't know how many of year, let's say you live a long full life. You got 70, 80 years left of this battle, like how, how do you fight it? Why is it worth it? the other part of the question. Yeah, we'll stop there. How, how do you fight it and why? Well, the why is easy. The why,
2: well, hopefully the why is easy. The why is, is it simple? And I i would like to think that each one of us has a, has a desire to, uh, to honor Jesus and to Please him and to be obedient to him. Um, it's also healthy for our female relationships to not lust after the woman that we're with. I mean, I would be, I would be devastated if every woman I've ever been in a, in a friendship with or that I've even just known, if she knew the thoughts that I thought about her, it would be incredibly. It would be. Devastatingly shameful. Um, so, one, I don't want to sin. Two, I want to obey Jesus. And three, it, it, I don't want to say saying, but guarding against lust hopefully produces healthy relationships <coughs> with females. Whether it's a friend, whether it's it's um, you know a classmate, or whether it's a special girl.
0: And the, the how. How do, we, it, like, yeah, how do we Yeah, so even so the question is one, how do you combat loss? But the other is like, what are some practical steps to take when those mental, mental temptations start? Like how do I we'll probably that? hear
2: this several times tonight, you know, accountability is always a great is always a great tool. Um, I've had various accountability partners throughout my life, men who are asking me the right questions, who are not letting me off the hook with easy answers, but digging into my life. So I think that's one practical tool to guard against lust. Having another guy who's going to ask you, "Are you struggling with lust? Who, who are these? Who, who, who is it? And what, in what context?" Another thing is, um, is you know, obviously what we're consuming visually, whether it's pornography or it can be something as simple as walking through the magazine aisle at Walmart. Um, I, I would avoid those aisles. I would just, I would avoid I would avoid those contexts as much as you humanly can. Humanly can. Um, I mean, we would all sit here and say, yeah, pornography, I don't want to look at naked women online. All right, We, we would all. I think we would all say that's a sin. But what about folks sitting there watching, I don't know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Harry Potter. So, you know, her, Hermione's a good-looking girl. All right, so is that... Should I not watch Harry Potter then? Should I not watch a movie that has Hermione Granger on it? Uh, maybe. So I, I would say that it, there, there there, are contexts, I think, that we find that we that lust becomes a bigger struggle than in other areas. Um, and so controlling those areas and... and <coughs> avoiding them if possible, if you can't avoid it, then you just need to be mentally prepared when you head into that, that you're ready to fight that battle. You're ready to fight that battle.
3: Another why, I think, um, is from my experience, it never feels good. Like at the moment, it's like, this is fun, this is cool. And then the shame and conviction afterwards, Like, this isn't worth it. And then you do it again the next day. So, just for your own, I guess, mental health and and that kind of thing, just remember hey, this is not going to end well for me. Even if nobody knows, nobody finds out what happened. It's still for me, I know what happened, what I did, what I thought. Um, And and I know that the conviction and shame that's going to come afterwards. Um, So, if you can remember that in in the moment, that might hopefully help you kind of um, talk yourself out of that. also, as, as Chad said, sharing it with someone else, this is something I'm struggling with so that they can check in on you. But then, you, as, as I said before, you, you know somebody you can go to in the moment. Send them a text. Find an activity that you can go do. Um, you know, every, Anytime I've played sports or exercise, I typically don't think about that kind of stuff. So find something that's, that's healthy that you can do instead. You know, go shoot some hoops with a friend or whatever it may be, but you know, find something to distract yourself in the moment. Um. Why?
1: Just to start with a why. Man, and obviously, you know, we want to honor God and all that. Uh, and But sometimes it can be very, like, a Christian answer. We want to honor God. That's why I'm not doing it. Like, but then a non-Christian perspective would come in and be like, well, God just doesn't want us to have fun, because guess what? You know, uh, not only is there shame, but what I have seen with you know through working with students through going to college with guys like the deeper into that it just it really damages relationships um, and I don't know I, I, I'm gonna say have a guess that we could all name a guy that we we know or have known who got in too deep to weird porn or something like that and it messed him up you know I, I know I could name a ton of people that just like ruined their marriages, or they're still single, and he's like, he has no idea why. I'm like, well, because you have all this weird stuff that you think is is natural. Like, in porn, like, girls just want you. I I mean, I'm not a terrible-looking guy, but not a lot of girls are ever coming up to me being like, let's have sex. Like, what? You know, but we have this thing in our mind. mind. We have this thing in our mind. Like, this is what, like, the reality is God has this great plan, and so he puts this this, it, we want to honor him, but God wants us to have the best, and so that's the why. Because when you're able to, um, you know, when we talk about lust or even like not having premarital sex, it's all like God has this perfect plan, and that's what's so awesome. And uh, we'll get into it. I'm sure we'll get into that side of things, but I, I mean, I I can tell you, once like it's awesome and marriage and sex and marriage is is so good, and I can also give examples of people who have really struggled because of getting into stuff that they they shouldn't have if they, if not going with what God had said. So that would be the biggest why the, the how yeah, exercise, just, you know, the idea of, I always grew up with this idea of like bouncing your eyes. Like you guys know what it is. Like, you know, I'm more attracted to, to butts. I'm more attracted to faces, the breasts, whatever that is. Like, you know, just bounce your eyes. Like, you know, okay, this is... And try to think of something else or not stare, not linger, all of that. And then, yeah, keep yourself busy. You guys, you know, you're young. you got schoolwork. If you're not getting straight A's, stop lusting. Uh, you have school, you have, you have homework, you have basketball, baseball, whatever sports. Like, do those things. Put your time and energy into those things. Um, you know, it's just... I think what happens is when we get bored, we can get in a lot of trouble. Go to
0: bed. Go to bed. I mean, honestly, that's <laughs> one of the go ones, bed. Go to bed. Put the phone down, get it out of your yeah, room, go absolutely. to sleep.
1: Actually, do you guys have TikTok? Like, raise hands, who has a TikTok? Okay, here's the thing about TikTok there's an algorithm on there. So I mean, I could look right now and be like, "Hey, you're looking at the wrong stuff on TikTok if I scroll through your for you page," right? Like you guys know what it is. Where is maybe you're seeing those things on TikTok. Maybe you're, like visually, if you're saying like I want to honor God in my relationship, you have to be so careful what you're putting in front of your eyes because, you know, there's there's studies that show uh, the, the curve of when someone is first exposed to porn and when they have premarital sex and all of those things. You know, uh, back in the day, you know, when I studied, it was before, like, internet was huge. And so, like I was in college, and they would talk about R-rated movies were the benchmarks. And you could say, if a, if a teenage boy sees an R-rated movie, within three years, they're going to want to be sexually active. You know, just because of, well, R-rated movies with sexual content. So it's so important to know what you put in front of yourself. You know. So how? How do I safeguard against it? You know, yeah, go to bed. Be careful what I'm scrolling through on TikTok or, or what's happening on Snapchat or on my Instagram. Like, what, am, what am I liking? Um, you know, we, There's a lot of responsibility we put on women. Like, okay, don't dress provocatively. But you can't, you can't monitor every woman in the world. It's got to be on you in a lot of ways.
0: So, getting into that, or any, any other comments on that? Any other questions on that? Alright, getting into that, that question of premarital sex. And this question is asking basically, or it's not even premarital sex, but it's just any of this, right? If you can be forgiven, then why not do it? It's kind of the idea behind the question. Um, so, the question is why is it that if people say after you do it, you can forgive yourself or be forgiven, then, then why would you not just? not just kill somebody. God's yeah. going to forgive
3: yeah. you. Like, come on. What kind of question is that? I have, I have a friend who uh, last year we found out was cheating on his wife for a year and a half. And that was his explanation. That was his excuse to himself. Well, God will forgive me someday. So I'm going to go with this other woman. Been, God will forgive me about it. And then I'm like, yeah, but you literally ruined your entire family. Literally your entire family. Extended family. Well, God will forgive me someday. Um, if you, have, if you have read the book Cheap Grace by Dietrich Bonhoeffer it's, it's intellectual but it's really good this is, this is exactly what the, the question is, is cheap grace it's saying, well, God's going to forgive me so I'm going to keep on sinning, read Romans, read cheap grace, and you know, Paul says, hey, should we just keep on sinning so that God's grace will abound and we'll be filled more with this grace, and he says no the very next sentence is absolutely not that's not what it's for um, A, because it's sinful, but also the consequences are going to come from it, so sure, God may forgive you but if you're a murderer, God, I forgive you, but you're in jail for the next forty years of your life, or you're, or you're executed. Same thing with um, sexual sin; you're going to be in jail for forty years, or you're executed. One of the two. Another are going to kill you. But but the consequence that comes from it. Yeah, you may in a Muslim country. You may, yeah, be, for Muslim you Muslim. may be forgiven. <laughs> God may forgive you if you are genuinely repentant. That's the thing. repentant. Repentant doesn't mean continuing to do it. It's turning away, turning away from that and and working with the Holy Spirit to, to avoid it. Um, if you keep doing the same thing over, over and over again and asking God to forgive you, I'm not going to get into the theology if you will. Probably he will, but if he knows your heart isn't intent on actually changing, there's a difference between repenting and just just the service. Um, but yeah, the yeah, you may be forgiven by God eternally, but there's still consequence on this earth that you, that you should want to avoid. Um, so just because you're forgiven doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences. consequence.
1: <clears throat> How many broken up with a girlfriend? broken up, broken up. Okay? It sucks. Okay? Let's let's be real. It sucks. That doesn't matter if you're the one breaking up, it doesn't matter if you're the one who gets dumped. Like but one of the things that the, the further along uh, physically you are, the harder it is for those breakups. You know, and so you you see people who they stick it out because they're sexually active. That is God reserves that for marriage because I mean there is. It's very intimate, okay? Being naked in front of somebody is very open with everybody. Like, it's like, okay, you know about me right now. And so you have that intimacy, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, everything else doesn't work, but we are so connected because we've done these things, you know? That's that's why. Like, we always... God isn't... Sex is good. God's not trying to keep us from not having, like something enjoyable but he's trying to protect us from some pain some heartbreak and all of those things that can come from premarital sex you know that's that's just the fact of the matter it's it's all of that um, you know yeah you will be forgiven you're right but there's a lot of other stuff that comes with it um,
4: yeah um, so I think going along with the premarital sex question um, what would you guys say kind of it's pretty similar in the same vein of, like, the cheap grace question. But, like, for people, specifically, when I was growing up in high school, a lot of people, they ended up getting married in the end. So, is that, does that make it okay? Oh, well, we're going to get married. We know we're going to get married. What would you say to people that are like, you know, well, we're, we're intending to get married, so why not just have sex early? Maybe why let's, wait? let's say they are, actually,
0: that is yes. next
1: question. Why me? I, can I even add on to this? And uh, you guys both went to Christian colleges. You yeah. um, did. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, should I just get married? Is, is premarital sex worse than divorce?
2: Mm.
1: Right? Because, I, I mean, I went to a Christian college. I know so many people who, they got married so they could have sex. Is that the right reason? Since I asked a question, I don't have to answer it. <laughs>
2: Okay. <laughs> yes it is, it is still sinful to have sex as you know as both John and Tom have said I mean sex is a awesome awesome experience it is it feels tremendous feels uh, the physical sensation is awesome the intimacy with your spouse is awesome, um, it's fun, it's enjoyable, and all of that is how God created it. He did not create the sensation of sex as just dangling a carrot out in front of us and being like, look how great this is, but you can't have it. Um, however, it, it is... Is experienced to its fullest within the context of marriage between husband and wife, and that is how God created it. And that is why He created it to bring two individuals and make them one, physically make them one, and also just from a uh, emotionally, from a relationship standpoint, to make them one. Um, the world, the, the world just doesn't doesn't get that. The world doesn't will not communicate that to us. It doesn't communicate that to us. So, do we do we trust our heavenly Father enough that the way He designed sex is the best way for us to experience it? And if we do, then we wait. Whether we're in a one-month dating relationship, a five-year dating relationship. Whether we're engaged, whether it's one week before our wedding, I'm getting married in a week. I don't. What's the big deal? Well, I would say the same thing back. It's one more week. What's the big deal? Just wait. Why not wait? Um, so ultimately, it's a, it's an obedience issue to our heavenly Father, obeying Him. Um, but and this is God's grace at work, is he's saying, yeah, you obey me, but guess what? You get the absolute best of what I have designed. You get the best of what I have made if you wait to use it in the right context um, in a marriage relationship. So, so to answer your question, I would say that it absolutely is, is, is simple to engage in any sex outside of with your for us, with our wives, <clears throat> anything outside of that is is sinful. Um, but why wait? Because I mean, let me let me give it just a really dumb analogy. When I know that <clears throat> Allison and I are going out to dinner, you know, whatever we have a even if it's something silly like we're just going to Panera or something, some you know, some simple place. Two hours before we're going out, I don't sit down and have a ham and cheese sandwich at my house. Because when I get to dinner, especially if it's a nice dinner, if I know we're going to a nice dinner or we're going to get a steak or we're going to get sushi or something, I want to I want to soak up as much as I can of that delicious food that I know we're going to get. So I don't eat, I may not eat all day looking forward to that dinner because I want to be, I want my stomach to be empty because i i can't wait for this dinner well if we're engaging in sex outside of marriage in this analogy we're eating all day and then we get to dinner and we're like yeah i guess i'm hungry i don't know just, I'll just just give me a salad or something i mean you guys see what i'm saying so it's we're we're not we're not engaging in the very best that our father has for us and trust me it is it is the very best,
0: it really is. And then I would like to just add to that, it is like, I think part of this conversation too, is like we have to own like that ham and cheese sandwich is gonna taste good, right? Sure, because sure. right? sure. we like might be like, sure. Especially when you haven't eaten all day. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's the other part of this equation, is like there is a pleasurable aspect to it, right? I mean, if you're doing it right, like it's gonna feel good for both of you. Um, if you're not, that's the I'm saying. <laughs> But just in, in thinking of that question, like so so now what are we pursuing? Are we pursuing that immediate pleasure right in front of us or the greater, grander plan that God has for us? Because we think that again, what we talked about through this series is like it is it is amazing, it is good, it's blessed by God. He designed it, he created it, it, it is designed for like our flourishing and our enjoyment, but ultimately it's for his glory. And so as we think about that, we need to like be able to to see beyond that moment and the pleasure that you're going to feel and, and realize, like, hey, later on, you are going to feel free pretty crummy it, right? Like, it's, it is going to bring some of those feelings because outside of the design that God has put it in, and inside that design, it's, it's incredible, and it's so good, um, but outside that design, it, it becomes destructive. Uh, it becomes destructive in your own heart. It becomes destructive to that individual that you're, you know, committing whatever sexual act with and all that. So... Oh, no that like there is pleasure involved in it, but it is a shell of what God has designed it to be in the context of marriage.
2: And think about why why you wouldn't wait. Why I wouldn't wait. Um, you know, what what is it what does a four-year-old do when they don't want to wait? They throw a tantrum or they cry or they get angry or whatever. I don't I don't I don't want to wait. I remember, I'll never forget this saying, that a sign of spiritual maturity is the ability to delay pleasure. Um, not delay it just for the sake of delaying it, but delaying it for when it's, in, it's, it's right, it's holy, it's the way God designed it. Um, and sexism is probably at the top of the list of examples of that, but there are other examples as well. Um, but if if you're engaged or you're in a dating relationship and you don't want to wait why don't you want to wait it's it's focused on yourself because i i want to have sex with her so bad i just i just want i just want to be with her well there's there's an issue there there's a problem internally with your heart with where you are in your relationship with Christ and the in this in this Spiritual maturity, or your spiritual maturation process, um, and so I think that that maybe that's 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 a question we need to ask ourselves if we're in that serious dating relationship, or maybe it's not even a serious dating relationship. Maybe it's just a girl we just met. We were out, I don't know, at a party or whatever at our friend's house, and we met this girl. And she wants to have sex. With um, is why do we not want to wait? My guess is it's not because of anything other
3: than I want what I want right now. I typically are not thinking of the other person's uh, <coughs> long-term satisfaction or happiness or uh, effects on them. It's like me, and and practically columns can break. Breath control is, on, is not one hundred percent. So I, my wife got pregnant when I was twenty-six. I, that was. One of the scariest days of my life. Oh my gosh, I'm not a kid. if I was seventeen, I would have no clue what I would do in my life. Um, but so those so are practical consequences. To it. I would
1: just add another another aspect of all of this is your future relationship with your spouse. Uh, you know, like as guys, there's there's insecurities in, in everybody, and so you know. I, I'm fortunate enough. Both of my wife and I, we've only been with each other, so we don't have to have some of those questions. Or like, you know, it's Satan uses things to make us feel inadequate. Like, what if he was better at sex than me? You know, all of these things. Like, there's those there's those feelings that come up. So when you save yourself and for for your future spouse, you're really you, you are you're you're thinking of this future person God has for you, and that's that's a beautiful thing. And then kind of to add on to the. Um, You know, why wait if we're going to get married anyway? Like, and and I don't know the full, like, there's all sorts of different ways. One of the things that I would say, though, is because you never know up until you get married. You never know. And when you do get married, practical life advice, make sure you have premarital counseling. Sit down with someone, have premarital counseling. It is so huge. Um, They say uh, husbands and wives that had premarital counseling, they have an 80% success rate you know it's just it's so important because it allows you to talk through some of those things ahead of time and so you know and typically with that at least the way I do premarital counseling you're not finishing until the uh, the week before because you start talking about those serious like what about sex and stuff like that because guess what first time you have sex I don't know it's, it's awkward you know it just it, it just is it's not like the movies where everyone's just like good at sex like Man, you're, it's, it's awkward, it's, you're figuring each other out, and that's what's, it's important to have those conversations, even within your marital relationship, what do you like in sex, and what, you know, what feels good, and all that stuff, so that you can be good at it. Um, so we're going to change
0: trajectory.
1: Yeah, at least 10 years. For reals, don't get married, young. But yeah, like. Careful the situations you put yourself in, you know for sure on that.
3: Um, yeah, yeah. Be be careful on that. I think that's, that's also one of the, the one of the more important. You know, to say you know don't be unequally unequally yoked. That's one of the more important reasons too. Because if you're dating or engaged to someone who doesn't care or doesn't you know doesn't think waiting is important, it's much easier to give in to that. Um, so so, your your first week of dating when you're 16, 17, seventeen, you're like I'm waiting to, to marriage, have sex. That would be awkward, but once you're dating longer and you're, if you're getting more physically intimate with that person, then you have that conversation. You know, this is something I'm waiting for. Um, and if they're if they're not, then I think that's a clear indication that this isn't the person God wants me to, have, to be with me at this point. Um. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to do. Jesus, Jesus did it for 33 years, so you can do it for ten. Yeah. Stay busy. There's yeah. all sorts of stuff you can do.
1: Like, I mean, I, I don't know. And, and people are different, but I'm a fairly, like, always on the go sort of person. I mean, if you're always on the go, you don't have time to do other stuff. And honestly, I, had, I, like, I loved, in college, like, just hanging out with my guy friends. I was a pizza delivery driver. There's the best job I ever had. Sorry, Jeff, don't listen. Um, you know, but, but I just, you know, those sorts of things. You, you, you build those up, you have fun. And then some people are different. Like I say, wait, I wasn't married till I was 25. I could have probably, I wish it would have been longer just because I was having so much fun. Um, and I, I don't even drink. Like um, it just, I just did a bunch of stuff and I worked at camps and stuff like that. But then some
2: people, they get married. I don't know, did you
1: get married John? 23. That's not that young. But some people are like 18, 19, 20, and they get married. And, you know, it's not, it's not wrong or right either way, um, but I, I, I don't know. It's, it, you can figure out. It's, it's not one of those things. I, I don't think it's one of those things that you're like, oh, my goodness, I can't do this for 10 years. Stay busy. Have fun. Enjoy life. So Alec, I want to make sure I
2: understand your question. Are you are you saying how do I how do I not engage in sex when I think boy it's, I'm looking at ten years minimum is that your question or is it is that I don't know it's just kind of like marriage seems so far down the line just okay comprehending that sure um, I, I one additional thing to to toss out there is you know. You, you guys are, are at the age where you start to recognize things in women that you may desire in a life. You may or you may not. But I'm saying those are things you're starting to formulate. Um, and so and so, if you have a desire to get married, which if you don't, once again, that's fine. Uh, but if you have a desire, if you think, yeah, one day I want to be a husband, I want to be a dad, um uh, one mental approach you can take is what do I desire in a woman? Um, and then what kind of man attracts a woman who's like that? And, you know, if you desire, let's say for instance, you desire a woman who displays the fruits of the Spirit, okay? Um, then what kind of guy is going to attract a woman like it's not going to be some selfish, you know, I kind of do my own thing and, I'm, you know, concerned about my, my, uh, uh, my vocation or I'm concerned about my, uh, my material items or whatever those things are. But instead, there's a the type of guy who's going to attract a woman like that. Well as a 15-year-old guy, there are things there that you can, that you can work on. You can work on in your relationship with, with your Savior that over the course of the next, you said 10 years, could be eight years, could be 15 years, who knows, but over that time, you become more and more like the type of man that you want to be that would attract a woman like you desire. Does that make sense? So, those are things that you can do today that the fruit, you may see the fruit of that down the road. Um, like we've talked
1: about like actually taking place in sex and how uh, it's like sinful before marriage, but just, this is kind of a
0: two part question, but is any sexual activities before marriage, like actually marriage, lust, and like if, if you are taking place in that before marriage, but like you really think you're doing out of love, is there any way, like, is there still love and sexual activity before marriage, or would it still be considered
2: false, If that makes sense. Well, you can love a girl you're not married to in a romantic way, in a sexual way. And you can, you, yeah, you can love a girl in in that in that sense. Um, is it still wrong to is it, is it still wrong to engage in and sexual therapy, and I think we're gonna get maybe a little more specific than that here in a few minutes, but uh, yes, it's still it's still simple. I mean, God created sex in the context of marriage alone. It's very that's very clear. There's no uh, what if, or what about this situation, or we were gonna do this, or it, no, there's none of that. It's very black and white within the context of marriage between man and woman, that is where, that is the context in which God created sex to take place. And that is the, I can't say this enough, that is the the pinnacle of, of a sexual experience is with your spouse. Um, no matter what the world tells you, that is the pinnacle. So, it's not like God's giving us something second best or second rate or, well, yeah, I know you need to have sex. All right, go ahead and do it in marriage. No. He's saying, I want the very best for you. And this is the, I know you better than you know yourself. I made you. I created you. I created the sensation that you feel when you have sex. I know I know it exactly. So, to experience that to the fullest, this is the <clears throat> absolute best place for that. So anything outside of that is the one we just abandoned our father, but two we're compromising that we're, we're getting something the second rate. It's it's just it's just not it's not as good. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Adding on, I like I said before,
1: at the more physical intimacy that you have, it it's just it's a closer bond and connection. Like God, God has a plan for it, and it is hard to separate from that. And even even beyond that, like, you know, I don't know how long you're thinking, like, until uh, I get married. If you're engaging with your girlfriend, you know, wh- whatever line that you have or you've gotten to in your your current relationship or whatever relationship you have, you break up. Guess what? That next relationship, you're going to go at least that far, probably further. So you just you you're trying to you're like, yes, I want to honor God and. That's, that should be our question more than anything it's like not like okay how much is too much or anything like that like what what's the best and and you know we we know what God wants we, we know God wants us to not have and we we can understand our physicalness you know of what kind of starts crossing the line and um, and yeah it's it's the best thing we can do is to avoid it uh, just And not do it because of that sort of thing. And it is God does it's not that God doesn't want us to enjoy life, it's that He has wants us to enjoy our marital relationship so
0: much more. I had a question, like you said physical intimacy like with your girlfriend or something. Like how far? Like kissing her before marriage or like cuddling in a bed or stuff like that. Like, what's too far from that? So can I pause? And we have a whole section of relationship questions to go to after we have... So Self-gratification questions. Yes. Let's go. We'll be quicker, too. Because that is exactly one of the questions of of boundaries and dating (laughs) and relationships and some of that. And even one was submitted. Like, is it simple to make out a formator? So some of those questions are coming... So if we can put a pause on that and just jump into this, and then we'll get into just specifically a bunch of like relational questions and, and specific boundaries and some of that. Uh, so yes, let's go to self-gratification or masturbation, as it is better known as. Um, is it wrong? Is masturbation a sin? Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, once again, we talk about God has created sex to be within the context of the marriage relationship. Masturbation is a perversion of that. It is it is, um, it, it is, outside of the marital engagement or the engagement with my wife in sexual intercourse. That's the physical part of it. But let's be honest, when you masturbate, what is going on mentally? we are engaging mentally in sex with a woman who is not our wife. Um, which gets back into our bus discussion and things like that. So there's, there, I mean, bottom line is yes, it is, it, is, it is simple. All that to say, once again, it's another huge challenge for guys. It's a huge challenge for guys. Call a spade a spade. It really is. Um, and we talk about guards we put in place, things like an accountability partner. Um, what are we taking in to our hearts, to our minds? What are we consuming? You know, if I look at pornography, uh, that's almost always going to end in masturbation. Um, am I, um, you know, am I filling my my life and my heart and my mind with images of half-dressed women or naked women. Um, so it's, it, it, it's all connected. Masturbation is just one other, one other part of that. It is, it is a perversion of, of what God has created for the very best for us.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, echo that, you know, you can't really, without, without lust, I mean, there, there's all sorts of different ideas behind that, um, but, but yeah, you know, I, and my biggest encouragement is, rather than focusing on like, oh, I can't do this, you know, what, man, fill your life with those good things. Stay busy with those good things. There's lots of other things you can be doing. Um, and I think, unfortunately, I'm sorry guys, it's, it's way harder for you than it was for me. You know, we were talking before you guys now have phones. Like it's all you can always access things. For me, if I wanted to see something, I had dial up internet like AOL if you remember those like and we had a computer that was in my parents' like not in the room but like our living area, you know, like I'm not doing anything there. It takes 5 minutes to load a picture, let alone like it just wasn't happening. You know, so, so it. I, I, I'm just going to say, it. you guys, it's way harder for you. But, like, man, it doesn't mean, like, well, just because it's out there, it doesn't mean, like, it's not wrong. It's still wrong, and God has a plan, and, and believe it or not, it, it is possible to, to just not do it. Um, but I think so many times we, we get bored or we focus on, I can't do it, rather than, man, there's so many good things you can't be doing. I'll say,
3: too, if you, if you struggle with that... Um, that's the beauty of grace. Like that, if you have guilt and shame about that, you turn that to over to God because He wants to forgive you for those things, and He will, and He already has. Um, so holding that burden, uh, in that sense of like you said, like uh, I, if it's preoccupying your mind, find find other things that, to do, um, whether it may be, um, or, or God, as God says in the scriptures, there's there's always a way out of temptation. So if you you know you're heading to that, you need. Figure out what it takes to, to stop you, to stop yourself. But it, and for everybody else, it's, for everybody, it's different. You may, you may have enough willpower to stop yourself. You may have to have some, you know, confide in someone else sort of, with that. Um, but but you, again, you know when you're going too far. And so it, it's up to you to stop that. And there's going to be times when you don't. Um, and and that's, where, that's where grace comes in. Uh, fortunately, we don't have to, you know, we have a loving Father who wants the best for us, He's not out there to trap us. Oh, gotcha!
1: Yeah, I like that, that shame thing, because, like, I don't know if you guys know, the, the shooting in Atlanta, the massage stuff, the the guy said it. basically, you know, he felt shame because he grew up in this sort of situation where he was told, you know, you got to wait for, for marriage, for sex, you know, don't do And so he felt all this shame because he had this addiction to stuff, and that's, that's how he acted out, because he felt the shame. Like, man, God still loves you. God still loves you. He forgave the sinner on the cross. He forgave I mean, yeah, that's that's the amazing part about Jesus is the grace, um, you know, and yeah, we all have terrible thoughts in our minds. We all just like, man, if, if people knew, um, but God still loves us, it's not a surprise to him.
0: No. And I think you, think you do like you know. to yourself That doesn't give license to sin, but it helps us understand, like, dude, God is going to forgive and forgive and forgive. He's going to look at you and be like, dude, what the heck are you doing? I've got something so much better for you, but he's going to forgive you. And so just, like, allowing yourself to, to rest in that grace as well. Because uh, it is, like, for some reason there's just something about sex and <coughs> sinning sexually that is so deeply shameful and so shameful. and Like, it's such a demonic thing to feel that, like, that, that shame is a part of God's design like or it's not a part of God's design but like Satan makes us feel so much shame in this uh, to drive us to further away from God further into like oh, I just want to like not have all these consequences nothing but it like it's easier to not follow God's plan it is uh, but it's can lead you to a place that's far less than what God would have for you experience so. yeah if you can be
1: encouraged by the Old Testament read about some of these guys. You know, like all those famous guys in the Bible and the old testament had a ton of wives. So you guys are doing better. Good news. Good job guys. Good job. Right. Somebody raised
0: a hand though, I think. Did they? No. I Oh man, So
4: okay. I like to ask these questions because I didn't get to have this when I was in youth group, so I think it's I'm hoping that, you know. So morning wood is a really hard thing, especially like more like right in the morning. It's a hard thing yeah. when you like. <laughs> it 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 yeah. Um, so like when you wake up with a boner, what are like some things that you can just like? I mean, obviously the most practical thing would be I'll open my Bible. But like, what are some practical
3: things? Like for me, get like, up out I of stand bed. Up. Yeah.
1: Go get up out of bed. Don't allow yourself go pee.
3: Yeah. <laughs> get, get like, okay. go, as, go, pee. as the, as the mm-hmm. best way you can to hide things. Go downstairs and start eating breakfast. Like You're not going to do anything when your mom's around. Yep. So go, with, go where your <laughs> yeah. bed is um, right away. And instead of sitting there like, oh, maybe check, let's go check on Instagram real quick. So yeah, make sure your phone's not with you. Yeah, throw yeah. it across yeah. the yeah. room. Yeah. But, it happens. Yeah. If you, if other people are out, you are not going to do that. So, leave your room. Be you, you say that. I know. Mean,
2: you didn't mean that. Yes, but if one control is is to not have your phone with you in your bedroom. Not have your phone with you in a place where you're by yourself. It would take a lot of self-discipline to do that if you're not in a position where, you know, your parents or whatever, if there's, if there's a house rule. So if you have the ability to have it in your room, that, if you're serious about your commitment to sexual purity, that, that could be that could be a huge control you could put in place. To leave your phone, you know, in the living room, in the kitchen, whatever, so that it's not with you you're alone in your bedroom. If you're if unless you share a bedroom with, with a sibling or something. So. Uh.
3: <clears throat> and it'll go away. I promise it's not be there all day. <laughs> you're go not away. gonna die. <laughs> you won't. You won't have a f four hour boner than you call a doctor for.
0: Alright, any other questions about boners, or masturbation, or any of that? Is
1: masturbation as bad as sex before marriage? Man. I don't know. Is it worse to kill someone with a knife or a gun? I'm I'm just throwing that out. Like, we we are always talking sin is sin. Like, let's, let's, sin is sin. Um, Man, that's a good question, because in that... You're you're not committing an act with somebody else, so you're not causing someone else to to act in sin, or at least to their knowledge. Um, to their knowledge, but yeah, to their knowledge. But like, I don't know if like I, it is a good question. I don't want to say, but it. I think our goal ultimately is how can I be as as best and as pure as possible. You know, let's let's start with that. Like, how can how can I be as pure as possible? I don't want to justify it. Like, oh, it could have been, but. Um, let's strive for purity in all things. And um,
2: yeah, all sin put Jesus on the cross. So whether I masturbate or whether I have sex with a hundred women before I'm married, each one of those sins put Jesus on the cross. So in that sense, it's just a lot easier to masturbate. From a sin standpoint, it equally equally put Jesus on the cross. He had to die for each one of those sins. As John mentioned, obviously, if, if I'm having sex with a woman, there's there are much potentially well, there are bigger consequences to that than if I masturbate alone in my room. Um, so from a from a worldly standpoint or a practical standpoint, the the masturbation sin is much it's it's a, it's it doesn't have as far-reaching. Consequences. If I have sex with a girl, she can get pregnant, and then there's a whole there there are a whole lot there's a lifelong I don't want to say consequences because there's a person that you're creating and I don't want to, that person's not it's not a mistake but there is, there's a lifelong of consequence there. Whereas if I masturbate, it's not the same. But as John just said, which is perfect. It's not about, well, how much can I get away with? Or this isn't as bad. It's about, what do I want to honor Jesus in every single nook and cranny of my life? Whether, I'm, whether a thousand people are watching me or whether nobody's watching me. Honor, Jesus knows every little thing I do. And not that he's like, mm, oh yeah, I saw what you did there. Yeah, way to go. But it's not, our Heavenly Father is not that kind of God. However, he abhors sin. He hates it. He hates sin, and so he doesn't want that for us. He wants holiness and purity and righteousness, and um, those those are what we I hope that we are choosing to pursue, as opposed to well I can kind of get away with this. And really, nobody knows. I just know, and God will forgive me anyway. So it's a big deal. Well, that's more of a heart issue than it is a sex.
1: Now, I, w- I would even add, like we talked a lot in uh, premarital sex, the dangers of that because of the commitment. Like there is dangers in masturbation. The more, you know, it can be addicting, like masturbation, pornography can be addicting. And it does, all of a sudden you put yourself in scenarios and, and there's some weird roads people go down. Like Like I mentioned the cop guy before, like he would have stories of people, like sex kinks that they would have. And no one wakes up, like there's a furry convention that's yeah. happening in downtown Pittsburgh right now. All the furries are out. No one wakes up thinking, I'm going to be a furry. Like, you know, that happens. It, it escalates because we get into weirder and weirder stuff. Like, there is danger in that because all of a sudden you're just like, wait a second. Uh, you know, wait, it's...
2: Well, I'm going to the furry. Event. Are you... <laughs> Because <laughs> some people are into furry. I actually went to a guy in college
1: who's a, who's a furry guy, at a furry convention, and he got it from playing a character in our Christian college play. Oh, uh, really uh, love
2: uh, Anyway,
1: you guys, seriously? Like, and you think that's bad? There's weird stuff out there. Don't get into weird stuff. <clears throat> Try
4: to control yourself a little bit. All right. I any other questions, I think I do have a question just off of what you just talked about. You know, uh, we're all in different stages right now, so what if somebody is already nailed pretty deep? What advice would you give for them to get out of that? I mean, I know, like you talked about, there's married men that are having similar issues that want to be furries, that are cheating on their wives. What are, like, the things that you would tell the people, I mean... I'm sure if we all rose our hand right now, we all have some sexual sin or have had some sexual sin probably in the past 24 hours. And so what would be the advice that you would say to somebody that may think, oh, I'm,
2: I'm too far gone? Expose it. Expose it. Uh, Satan wants to... Satan wants to isolate us wants to... He wants us hiding in the dark. He wants us hiding thinking nobody understands. Nobody realizes how horrible I am. Nobody realizes how sinful I am. Um, he wants to isolate us. So if... And I say this in all seriousness, and I'm sure every, every other guy in the room would say the same thing, that if pornography is... So, so, so dangerous. It is, it destroys lives. It destroys lives. It's destroying marriages and jobs and incomes and relationships. It is, it is so powerful. Pornography is so powerful. And it, and it, it wants to isolate you. Satan wants to isolate you in front of your in front of your laptop, all by yourself so that um, you you can have this fantasy or whatever. And the more you indulge that, the the deeper and deeper and more perverted and more perverted it comes. Um, If you shine light on that, the darkness is exposed and the darkness goes away. As hard as it would be and as shameful as it would be, tell somebody. You can tell any one of us. Hopefully you can tell your dad. Maybe you have a grandfather or you have an uncle or you have a coach or somebody that you can tell. Expose the sin. The longer you keep it, you stay isolated, you keep it in the dark, the more power that sin gains and the more of stronger hold it gains on your heart but when you expose it you disarm it and you disarm Satan because even though sure pornography is is incredibly dangerous and and it is sinful it is engaging in lust and probably masturbation and things of that sort perversion of sex um You have guys who love you, and every guy in this room fully understands the temptation of pornography. I'm sure Tom and John would agree that it it is every day, every day I'm tempted. Every day I'm tempted with pornography. Um, It's just, it's so easy, right? It's so easy. It's It's a click away. It's so easy. So expose
3: it. I mean, if you don't, it, it's just going to get worse. Like it will get exposed at some point. Yeah, will find you out. It'll
2: it'll be exposed at some point, whether you do it in step six or step six hundred. In six hundred, it'll it could be a lot. It could be a lot worse than step six.
3: And the, the conversation is we... Very difficult and hard and embarrassing, Um, but when you're 30 and you're married and you have two kids and somebody finds it, that's gonna be much worse. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Tiger Woods is a great example. You guys, dude, he was incredible, amazing, at the top of his game, had all this secret stuff with secret women and all this stuff. It If it had stopped early, man, he'd still be the best golfer in the world. But guess what? It didn't, he kept it hidden, it got all exposed on TMZ. I remember when I heard about it, he got in a car accident and all of this stuff came out. He has never been the same. It destroyed him mentally and the car accident physically. I mean that's it's a great example of what it is.
0: All right. So getting into oh did you have No Stretching. Um, Alright, so we into just relationships in general and some dating boundaries and, and some of that. Um, so, we're kind of
3: going to go to this question that had been asked earlier. Uh, is it simple to, to make out for marriage? Uh, I would say no. Um, that sounds like a question. Yeah, well because, <laughs> I mean, I don't define, I don't, I don't um, deem what's simple, what's not. I think if, if it makes you lead to wanting to do other things, then you need to stop. If it, if you're, your girlfriend that times, that's her line, that's your line, you both stop, okay, great. Then you go home and you think, oh, I should have done more. And then you go on the computer or the phone and th- then if it's leading you to, to, you know, lustful actions or thoughts, then you have a conversation that this is too far for us. Um, I will say that, as they both mentioned, the farther you get in the relationship, the, I got engaged, it was much more easier to do more and more things, but now I'm getting married in three months. So, like you said, three months will be, will be, so, it's so much easier the farther you get in the relationship the more um, the more love you feel for that person the more you want to do those things um, so if if you know stopping at making out isn't very difficult for me then don't do that uh, because it's and, and here's here's the the biblical and worldly perspective the burden is on us as that um, we lead the relationship in this in this way if uh, and, and sadly. Uh, you know, women and young girls at this age, it's harder for them to to, to say no to a guy than I ever had. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's it, it's the, the shame they'll feel, or the embarrassment. They want, I don't want to say no to him because what if he tells somebody I'll be embarrassed. So the farther you take it, the most likely the farther they'll go with it. So the, the responsibility is on you, whether you like it or not, to, to be able to say, Hey, I'm leaving this relationship. Uh, if I if I think this is too far, then we need to stop. I think so. Just to touch on that point
0: for a moment, one of the girls asked a question, and again, we don't know who it is, right? So, but one of the girls asked a question of how can I say no to a guy without being lame, right? And so, like, that's that's questions that are running through the minds of girls of how can I say no to a guy pressuring me to do something and not be lame, not be uncool, not be like shamed for saying no. And so, that's something that you guys need to think about of like. Okay, you need to have that boundary conversation. You need to know, like, okay, I shouldn't do this. Like, I'm going to set the tone here. Like, it's not us figuring it out as we start to do things. But it's like, okay, I know I'm not going to pressure
3: her to do anything. Because why? Right? We're comfortable waiting. We're content to wait. And two, like, just, oh, she went along with us. She must like this. That isn't necessarily true. Um, If you don't have that conversation ahead of time. you might assume things. Oh, this is okay. She likes this too. And she might be like, Oh, what am I doing? This is too far. Um,
1: yeah, I, I, I guess with the making out question in general, man, the hardest part of answering that question is like, where are you in a place where you're able to make out? Because the best practice, okay it's hard to stop once you start, okay? Let's be real, you, okay, we're just gonna make out, but if you're by yourself in a place where you can make out, then what's what's stopping it? So I'm not saying like what's right or wrong, I'm just saying put yourself in good positions. Don't be alone in bed cuddling with the door shut. Like, man, you're just gonna want that, right? You just, I, there, there's the best practice. And I, I mean, I did this, I was 24 when we got married and The whole thing, I had so many situations because my wife, before we got married, she lived in about four or five hours away. So I'd go visit her on the weekends. I'm a grown man, Um, you know, there was one time her mom had a heart attack. So I had to go up, I took her up there with her. Guess what, no one's at the house. She was, her mom's single mom. No one's at her house. Where do I stay? I had to find out in the middle of the night, find one of her friends who I barely knew Say, hey, can I can I crash on your couch? You know, because I didn't want to be in the same place alone with her all night. Guess what? That's going to be tough. I know that as a 24 year old man. So I, I think that's that's kind of those those ideas that uh, you have to put in place. Man, it's so tough to say. Where is that line? Have those good discussions. Talk
2: with your parents. Have those conversations with your parents. So I have
0: several thoughts
2: in this regard. You know, the how far is too far? And can I do this or can I? that.
0: And let's just make that the broader question, because that is kind of where the questions are yeah. going now, is like, how far is too far? Because now we're getting into like, what if we're touching outside of the clothing and some of that stuff? So you're kind of answering all no, those no questions. No, no, square. We, we know you know that. that's not. Yes, we do. Uh, so let's just make that the larger question now, how, you know, how far is too kind of yeah. so far? Paul says in Ephesians,
2: to so not let there even be a hint of sexual morality. Um, so that's the measuring stick. It's not even a hint. So, in other words, if, you know, in several of these questions, it's like, where's where's the line? How I want to get right up to the line because I want to enjoy as much as I can physically, but I don't want to sin. Well, according to Scripture, we shouldn't even we shouldn't even be able to see the line. We don't want to get even close to the line. And wherever you would draw the line, Scripture doesn't say. You can close mouth kiss, but you can't open mouth kiss. You can touch the leg up to the knee, but you can't go above the knee. But scripture doesn't... Those are legalistic... You know, that... That is not... That's not how Scripture communicates to us sexual purity. Jesus doesn't say, here are ten do's and ten don'ts. And In some respect, it would be easier if we did, right? It would be. But... Paul says, don't let there even be a hint. So, if in me making out with a girl, if there's a little bit of a hint of lust and sexual impurity, then don't even go there. If me holding hands with a girl, it's a little bit, eh, if there's a hint there, then don't let there be a hint. And and so, there's not a, there's not a black and white answer to this question of how far is too far. I would say the extremes we would agree on. If you would say sexual intercourse, oral sex, you know, um, being naked together, um, I would I would like to think we would even say, you know, if I'm touching a girl in her in her private area, and her on her breasts, no, no, those are those are those we would say those are easy those are easy to identify as, okay, that's that's simple. Um, so what about the gray area? Well, here's, here's how I would love for us as men to view the girl that we're with. Are we a taker or are we a protector? Do we, are we there as, and not to get corny, but I'll get a little corny, is are we as a, a knight protecting her purity and we are going to do everything we can to defend her purity so that when she, on her wedding night, she is as pure as as we could possibly control. I mean, obviously if she's in a relationship with another guy. We can't control. Um, or am I there to take some of that purity? Am I there to to touch her in areas that only her husband should touch her? Am I there to engage in physical activity with her that really only her husband should get engaged with her? Am I taking that? Am I a taker or am I a protector? Um, how do you want the guy who's dating your future wife, if she's 15 right now and you're going to marry her, you know, I only talked about 10 years down the road, whatever, 10 years, 20 years down the road, whatever it is, how do you want guys to be treating her between now and when you marry her? Do you want guys to be, you know, doing their thing with her, taking advantage of maybe, I don't know, Maybe she has a weak moment, or he has a weak moment, that he's he's touching her body, he's fondling her, he's, you know, um, doing things to her, to her body, that as her future husband, you wish she would not engage in. Well, you are with somebody else's future wife. There's only going to be, in theory, there's only going to be one girl that you marry. So whoever you date until you marry that girl is somebody else's wife. How do you want people to treat your future wife is how you should be interacting with that girl that you're with and being a protector of her purity, being that white knight that is, that is there no matter what circumstances, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what your body is doing or what her body is doing. That you are there to protect her purity, and see yourself as a protector rather than a taker. What can I call Can to give me a piece of me? Or what am I? You know, what can I? I wonder if she'd let me do this. Or I wonder if I could. I wonder if I could explore this area. Or let me see if I can just go a little bit further. Because that's not really. I mean, I'm not sexual there, so I could. I could do that. If that's okay. So, those are my two thoughts. One, don't let there even be a hint. And two, we are protectors as men. We
0: are not takers. How far is too far? All right. Um, how do we, um, well, I guess here's a question for you in particular. If, if you remained pure while dating, how did you do it? So think of some of those temptations in dating, but also in guys, but I know as soon as we got engaged it felt like the temptation Short, engagement. Not, like, Short <laughs> engagement Exactly, yes, amen to that um, But how did you in particular like, you know, what strategy did you use? How? Uh, yeah. What did it look like for you to stay here if you did uh, prior to marriage? With, with, your, with your spouse So like you were dating the woman you didn't marry Just,
1: I, I mean I already said it, but just putting ourselves in the right positions where it wasn't um, it would have been really difficult to um, engage in that. And like I said, there, there's some times where it got really tough, especially as you get older, because you both, you know, have your own car, you have your own place. Um, yeah, just being mindful of that. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it, it, I think as you're growing in your relationship with God, too, yes, it's tough, but you when you're seeking to honor him, there is something that you're like, okay, I, you, you understand and You're both seeking to honor him, uh, which was really, really cool to be
3: able to do together. Yeah, I think uh, we, a lot of group dates. Um, I uh, met my wife in college. We got married a month after we graduated. so get married really quickly if you, if you feel like you want to get married. How long did you date? Uh, two years. Okay. And then, Year, how, long
2: mm-hmm. okay.
1: see, like, how long did you date? Five years. Okay. See, it's how long did you date? About a year and a half. Close to 10 years. Mine was quick. Yeah. We we
3: were married within a year. Wow. So. That's big. Um, similar to, to John, my wife's single mom. No, she's not a big mom. My wife's mom, my mother-in-law, was a single mom. So and she didn't care what we did. Like her, she did. Her, my wife didn't grow up church, so her mom's like, yeah, you got to go to church, whatever. Um, and knowing that, like I'm gonna sit on the couch tonight, you know? and so like knowing those kinds of things, saying, hey, we could just go have sex, and she wouldn't, a, know or B, care, um, and and being that equal yoke too, we both had that goal of we want to wait until marriage, um, and so that ha- is helpful, but it's also not completely preventative, preventative because we're both 20 years old and our horm- hormones are raging. So, but yeah, don't put yourself in the situation as John said. Group dates, um, that con- have that conversation early and often. Of what your boundaries are, um, and, and the premarital counseling helped. And it helped, A it was with her uncle, which was helpful. But also, it, it, talked, it talked a lot about expectations. Like, here's what, and you have to be honest. This is what my expectation is in marriage, and sex, and whatever it is. And if you disagree, you have, to, you have to talk through that. To talk through those things. So, do you recommend
2: even for just dating that? only date girls that know Christ? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not even what, yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah it's so hard.
1: I kind of, you know, there is, and I've seen it a lot, missionary dating, like, oh, I'm going to lead them to Jesus, but it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, in, in the nicest way. God can change their hearts and then you can date them.
0: And um, I would say, too, like you, not even just some that, like, even bears the name, like, uses the name Christian. Like, you want to not date somebody who just, like, is a casual church attender. Like, you want somebody who's got, like, evidence of, and you guys want to be showing evidence of somebody who, like, loves Jesus and is growing in their relationship with him, Uh, because there are a bunch of people in youth groups all across the nation that, like, bear the name Christian. Uh, meanwhile, they're like there you know, once every six weeks for 30 minutes, and it doesn't do anything. They don't have a Bible, you know, like that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, well, going to church isn't the marker of a Christian. It's one thing that's good, but it's not like the marker of you know, the spiritual growth. So. Chad, I want to give you an opportunity. Do you want, want to still share about what? staying your before marriage, dating for five years. I mean, that's a significant amount of time. Yeah, uh, it was a four years. I apologize. Oh, um, I'll tell Allison.
2: <laughs> Don't you, ma'am? Um, it, it certainly it certainly was challenging. Um, I would agree that a, Allison and I have said many times, we wish we had met our junior or senior year as opposed to our freshman year. Um, but you know how how to how to stay pure. I mean we've, we've talked about, you know we've talked about this already I don't need to reiterate all of it right all, but it's putting yourself in the right in the right situations that you're not um, alone and temptation ramps up. Um, it's having people who are holding you accountable to making good decisions who are, Asking you the right questions, the hard questions, and not letting you get off with easy answers. It's um, investing in your personal relationship with Christ. Um, it's being in the Word. It's allowing the Spirit to continue to mold your heart and shape your heart. Um, that doesn't—that never stops. Hopefully, but it certainly doesn't stop when you meet a girl. Um, you know, we, we certainly need to be investing in our personal relationship with Christ. From that, the Spirit convicts us. I think when there, are, when there are, when when we're making bad decisions, when we're making sinful decisions, um, you know, we don't control when we meet when we meet that special girl. We don't control the timing of that. Um, so, however, the Lord guides that, um, we we just need to be prepared to um, to lead in that relationship in a way that honors Christ. And it honors the girl that we're with. Um, Because as we've said, until you say the I do's, she's not your wife. And you have no right to her body. You have no right to her body. When she becomes your wife, then her body is yours and your body is hers. But until that time, her body is not yours. It's not yours. Um, So don't treat it as such.
0: Because this was a specific male question to ask, it's a little bit of a tangent, uh, but it's one that we kind of discussed discussed offline um, within the confines of marriage is the use of contraception okay? Birth control, condoms. Yeah. Oh, can
1: you stop yourself from having kids? Which is an interesting one. I mean, I don't know who asked that, but that's uh, insightful. I didn't know that was even a question, you know, growing up, um, but we, yeah, we kind of talked about that in a lot of different ways, and, um, Chad, I, one of the things you said that, what, that was so good was, you know, you kind of dealt with that, and in your own personal relationships, and you feel, you don't feel shame in your decision, or whatever, right?
2: I, how did you, I do My, remember. my, it's another thing the scripture does not address specifically, mm-hmm. um, and, and so uh, I think it comes down to each couple, each husband and wife couple, and how you want to handle that. And, and let, me, let me make a, a clear delineation here that um, abortion is sin. Abortion is not a form of birth control. Um, therefore, any drugs or, or anything that is aborting a fertilized egg um, I, I think falls under that umbrella of abortion, so I'm, I'm not going to talk about birth control. I'm not talking about those methods. Uh, we're talking about things like the pill or, the, or a condom, um, and maybe there are other things too. But um, so I, I think the I think birth control comes to, comes down to the decision between a husband and wife. And there's a there's temporary birth control and there's permanent birth. Control. Temporary is wearing a condom. Permanent is getting a vasectomy. Um, Allison and I, uh, very very early in our marriage, very early in our marriage, we we did. Uh, she was on the pill, but there were you know when a, when a girl takes uh, takes the pill, there it affects her hormones, it affects her the chemical balance of her body, and there are, could be ramifications to that, just in her moods and things like. Getting real mouthy, so I told her to <laughs> <was> stop. <just> <laughs> um, so that was very early, I think maybe a few months. And then after that, we did not use any temporary birth control. Um, and then once we had Judah, we were like, Well, we can't do any better than this. So as, <laughs> had, The pinnacle. I, yeah, I, I had a second event, so that was obviously. I'm but the youngest of four as well. So. You, what's that? I'm the youngest of four as well. Yeah, yes, stop there. Perfect. I, and, and and even, I mean, even with a vasectomy, I mean the Lord's a lot bigger than a vasectomy. So <laughs> sure. uh, we do uh-huh. never
3: pregnant since. So i help, <laughs> you know. but so. Yeah, I don't think it's sinful. Um, I think there's, there's a different difference between prevention and uh, you know, if you're pregnant, eliminate that is a huge difference between. Uh, the Lord says, be fruitful, we'll multiply. As I told them in all email, there's almost 8 billion people in the world where plenty of multiplied. Um, sex is also for fun enjoyable, so it's not like you have to have a child every time you have sex, because uh, otherwise we don't have 15, 30 children. So. I have two after 12 years, so... Yeah,
1: yeah I, and, you know, Chad mentioned, it's not, like, biblical. The, the, the only one argument is there's one where a guy, he's... Basically, he's supposed to be like the kinsman and redeemer, and instead he pulls out and he spills a seed on the ground. is how it says. Um, and people use that to say, "Oh, it, you, you shouldn't let you know your semen go to waste." Well, okay, I'm still going to use a condom. That's not good enough for me. But uh, but you guys, like that's that is something between you and your spouse to have those conversations. Have those conversations with your parents. Understand, um, yeah, all of those things, and think through. I, I don't have any problem with it, um, using it, which is why we only have two kids, and if I had it my way, we would have zero, so. Amen, brother. Yes? It's the
0: I'm not going to I know, right? That's, That's how it happened with me. Reason. Reason. All right, does anybody else have any other questions they'd like to ask? It is 8.
4: Yeah, we'll we'll make it quick whatever it is, but... I wanted to ask one quick one. This was going back to the relationship and whatnot. Um, For people who haven't been in relationships, um, what would be some, like, red flags? Because, I mean, as much as we talk about it, you know, kind of almost like that same question of, like, how can I just, like, say no without being lame? And then what would be some, like, red flags? Because, personally, for me, I was, in my opinion, manipulated. Um, a little bit early on in my relationships with people um, where I didn't really know. They were just like, oh, I'm super sad, like, can you cuddle me, blah, 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 And it's like, sure, yeah, I feel like I'm doing a good thing and then all of a sudden that good, like that good thing leads to another thing. And so what would be some like red flags that you guys would kind of maybe point out of, like, hey, uh, if she comes to you like this and she's in a really emotional
0: state, try to comfort her from a fauna or something like that and maybe. Less physical approach,
4: or what would be some things
3: that you would say is like maybe step back? This? Yeah, I mean, I'd say for that, particularly for that example, like that's not a normal thing to do with a friend. Um, even if you're dating that person again, I think as as Chad said, if you know hey, there's this is potentially going too far, or I'm having thoughts other than just cuddling, then you stop it if it's a friend, or someone that you know, or somebody you just met, like, this isn't a normal thing you do with a, a random person in your class, or someone I know from, that uh, I've grew up with. This is just, you don't, you don't get that physically close with someone that's just a friend. Um, so, that would be red right flag. If, if they keep pushing something, if you, if you have a clear boundary, you've, you've told them they continue to push it, I would just, we need to be done there. Whether it's ending the relationship, whether it's um, taking a break, or, or just, if they continue to push it, it's not, it's not worth it. It's, they don't have the same goal as you do in your mind. Um, and, all, and, and in the same, same way we, say, we talk about us, like if we're the one pushing it, it's because of, we want it for us. They don't want this for you. They want it for them. And like I want this, this action for me because it's going to feel good. That's, and they're not thinking, oh, if he tells me, it'll make him feel good too. It's like, no, because that's what I want. And that's, that's kind of.
1: just kind of add with that, like if that, if they're doing something that makes you uncomfortable or you feel that, marriage is a long time. I don't know if you know this, it's a long time, forever. Uh, so if there's, if there's stuff like that you notice, or you're, you're gonna have to deal with this forever. So make sure, like it shouldn't be hard. You shouldn't, especially right now, you shouldn't have to be fighting to stay in a relationship. It's okay to break up, it's okay to be like, you know what, we're better apart. Enjoy your time, the best thing you can do Be a part of youth group, enjoy this, enjoy, you know, your sports, your schoolwork, and God's going to bring someone along for you. Um, There's no need to rush it. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Like any red flags, like forget girls at this point. Just hang with the guys. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm serious. I was like, man, all through college, I, I, I dated one girl for a little bit, but I had so much fun. I served in a lot of churches, too. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, like
2: comments. Yeah, let's go. If anybody else has any closing comments. Uh, just real quick. We've talked a lot about the don'ts. Um, so where, wherever you are right now, as a teenage guy, even, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to myself as well, the other, other men in the room, that God's grace is bigger than any sin we've committed. And um, no matter how much shame we may feel or how much guilt we may feel, we do not need to be afraid that God draws a line to His forgiveness. If He says, well, I just don't think you've really done it this time. I'm tired of forgiving you. My my grace does not extend that far. He hung his son on a cross so that we can be forgiven. And scripture says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us. And his faithfulness to us and his grace is so deep that regardless of what we have, what we have done, decisions we have made, as we sit here tonight, God's grace and His forgiveness and the shed blood of Christ covers those sins. Once again, it doesn't give us permission to do to commit sin, but we know that we are forgiven and that God's grace is big enough. He is a big enough God. So if Satan is, is telling you the lie that God's grace is not big enough to cover what you have done. Don't believe that lie. Believe the truth of Scripture. Do not believe the lies of Satan.
3: Sunday, Lord, um, just the chance to come together as men and talk through uh, difficult but really good things, Lord. I thank you for Pastor Ben and his desire to have this conversation here, and for the, the guys who came. Um, Lord, this—it's not easy. It's not easy to talk about. It's—it's uh, it's not easy to, to think of things we've done or want to do. Uh, but Lord, as, as Chad said, have, have that reminder of that your grace is sufficient uh, through for everything that uh, we've been forgiven of our past, present, and future sins. God, and let this conversation continue. Uh, I love these guys to, to be able to trust and confide in each other, uh, to share, uh, to build each other up, Lord, and, and to and to view their relationships uh, with with girls, <clears throat> <the> women <world throat> moving forward in an honoring way. Lord, I love their desire to be to be to protect and to honor the people that they're the women that they're with, um, and I love just the 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 fullness of what you have for us in this area to be in their lives. Repentance in your name. That is, just as we end, like that is the hope of this, is that it's not the end
0: of the conversation, like it's the end of our series on it, um, but really that it would just be a continuing conversation that we're able to, like the door is now open, like anything's on the table, ask any question, whatever is going on in your heart or your life, like be, just feel open to talk about, like you see one of these guys walking around the, in the hallway, just like stop and be like, hey can I talk to you, or like you see one of your youth leaders, like you text them, call them, whatever, uh, talk to your parents, uh, whatever it might be, but continue this conversation. Uh, don't don't just like stop and like, hey now we're done like have a series about it, but like we want this to be ongoing So So that's just